Welcome to the Divorce Angel Podcast and thank you for joining us. Get ready to uncover the strategies everyone can implement for successful separation and divorce. This will save you valuable time, money and emotions while learning the secrets to your happily ever after. And now your host, my wife, Tanya Summerton. Hello and welcome back to the Divorce Angel Podcast. This is Tanya Summerton, your host, and thank you for being with me here once again. Now, last week's podcast was the first stage of what I call my philosophy of divorce. And I have or five principles for my clients to get through divorce success. And last week we spoke about the first principle, which is how did I find myself here and you feel like a victim. If you've listened to that, you might have asked yourself some of those questions. And as you would have got by the end of it, no matter who you are at some stage, every one of us has been a victim. Whether we like it or not, we have been a victim. And it's not a tag that some people like to use, but it's something that we all have gone through and it's a stage that we need to move on from. Now, in today's podcast, I'm going to talk about the second stage, which is overwhelm. Overwhelm is awful. I'm sure if if you're there now or you're about to go there, it is, well, as the definition says, it is something when we just can't deal with it, when everything is just too much. And at the overwhelm stage within my philosophy, it's when I can't do this. It's all so hard. And we all need to get to this stage. It's, it's imperative. We need to get to this overwhelm stage. The signs that you are in overwhelm is when you're struggling to make a decision, even the simplest decision, such as what are we going to have for dinner? What am I going to wear today? Will I put on makeup or won't I put on makeup? Will I have a glass of wine or a glass of beer? What is it that I am going to to be deciding because decisions just seem so hard. And then the next part is we're completely frozen with inaction. And that sort of relates back to the decision part, but inaction is where we are just frozen and we're not moving anywhere. Day after day after day, we just don't seem to be going anywhere. And I often describe this as swimming in Play-Doh. And then the last part is having a lack of energy and just the ability to see the future. And of course, that becomes natural because when you think about what we're going through, we're mourning. You know, right now, if you are at this stage of overwhelm, you are mourning. You're mourning your relationship. You're mourning your future. You're mourning the most, you know, incredible life that you probably or possibly thought was going to happen. And the other thing that happens at this stage, depending on how old you are, here in Australia, the average age of a woman getting divorced is 42 and and a man is 45. Now, I know that's pretty similar around the world, so it doesn't matter where you are, the, the, the ages will be pretty similar. Now, if you're, uh, let's say, let's say you're 45, if you're 45 years old, the other thing that could really be you could be struggling with would be the fact of I'm this age and here I am having to start again and that's the whole inability to be able to see your future because it just becomes so overwhelming that you've got to start again 
So let's go through each of these in a little bit more detail. So struggling to make decisions. Now this is completely and utterly normal because nothing is the same. Every decision you previously made has led you to where you are right now. So you may be second guessing everything. You don't know who to trust. You don't know what to do next. And how will this affect others? And everyday decisions are just too hard to make. You know, the simplest things like what to have for dinner and how to feed the children and whether to get out of bed in the morning and the option to ring in sick or just say, I'm not coming because it's all too much. The basics become just awful. Like just to think about the simplest things become too much. And it's understandable. You know, if you're at this stage, do not be hard on yourself. Now, the next bit is being completely frozen with inaction. So firstly, what is inaction? So it's the inability to decide. For me, I remember this stage as being simply, you know, the click the kids Play-Doh. I felt like I was was moving my arms, but I just wasn't even I was getting nowhere. I wasn't moving one little bit further from where I was. And when everything has a consequence, and it requires energy that you simply don't possess, it's just easy to do nothing. Our mind tells us if we do nothing, we can't get into any trouble or get hurt anymore, right? And this is okay for a short period of time. But as as we go through the stages, by staying here too long can be really detrimental to your future. It is at this stage that we look for other things to make us feel good. And it's at this stage that, you know, you might be looking for the chocolate or the ice cream or the alcohol or any other substance or something else to make you feel good. You are just simply looking for something to make you feel better, whatever that is. And then the next part was having a lack of energy and the inability to see your future. So this just makes everything so hard because let's be honest sadness is exhausting the energy it takes to pretend as well that everything's okay and put a smile on your face can sometimes take more energy than you have just to prevent the tears from running down your face or people looking in your eyes and can see that things aren't okay but you don't want anyone to worry and you continually say you're okay even when you're not And you find yourself in this position because you just can't see the future. A simple way to describe this would be imagine that you've got the most amazing view outside your window. And when you look, you can't see the view. All you can see is the smears and the dirt on the glass. So the view means nothing because standing between the amazing view and you is this dirty window and that's what it's like that's what overwhelm feels like and you know you know what I have to be honest this is totally okay you have every right to feel this way the dangers of staying in overwhelm 
are concerning and I don't want anyone to stay there. It's okay for us to travel down this road and go through this overwhelm for a period of time, but we need to keep moving forward. We can't stay here because life becomes so hard that things start to snowball. If we stay here, who knows? The kids might start to say, look, I'd prefer to be with my mum or dad because it's unhappy here. Or you might stop going to work and choose to have a sick day or turn up to work and just not be performing your job. And who knows, you might lose your job. And I had a client the other day actually say to me, she was so lucky that she owned her own business because for the last 18 months, she's been missing in action. And she doesn't know where her mind's been. And this is the issue that we have if we stay in this overwhelm for longer than necessary it has consequences but in saying that it's something that we need to go through the other issue with staying in overwhelm is your inner voice starts to make up these stories which aren't true because of your unhappiness your mind is telling you things that aren't true but you start to believe them and then that just keeps you low. It keeps you down and don't want to stay there. And the major issue with staying in overwhelm too long is that eventually someone will step in and take over, whether that's your family, whether that is the universe And what I mean by that, and I've witnessed this in my own life, that if I don't take steps to make something better, for some reason, out of nowhere, something will happen and it forces me to have to take action steps. And for you, that could be a letter from your spouse's lawyer. It could be something that they do. It could be that all of a sudden the house is forced to be sold. It could be a letter to say your house has been repossessed. God forbid. Like, I don't know. But that's the problem when we stay in this overwhelm mode. Now, the the steps to address this are that you need to look around and ask yourself, what is the most important thing for you right now? And the second question is, how do you take back control? Now, this question, how do you take back control? is very, very important. If you don't want to take back control, it might be something else that needs to be considered. And I want you right now to ring up and make an appointment to go and see your doctor. I want you to promise that if you do not want to take back control, you will go and see your doctor. Because sadness has consequences. Overwhelm has consequences and it could be a combination of other factors. So you need to go and get the help from your professional, you know, whether it's a a counsellor or a therapist, whether you have um, a chemical imbalance in your body and some medicine might be able to help. Now, I'm not a doctor. I I don't even pretend to be a doctor, but I want to make sure right now for a duty of care that you can come back and go, right, I've been to the doctor, I've had some tests and they say I'm okay. If they're saying you're okay, then we can help you get through the next stages. For me, to actually address overwhelm, 
I require order in my life. I've always been like that. So since a little girl, I I need to know that everything has a place and everything is in order. When I was going through this stage, the last thing I wanted to do was the dishes, clean the house, pay the bills, do the gardening. I just didn't want to do it. I'd prefer to just sit around and watch TV and that was pretty much it. But my problem becomes that when when I look then around my environment and if it's untidy, it makes my brain feel untidy. It makes I get a tightness in my chest because I just know there's stuff that has to get done. And what I did at this particular stage, because if you can imagine, my house was a mess. Bed hadn't been made, clothes on the floor, bathroom was untidy, kitchen hadn't been cleaned, the kids had had stuff and hadn't brought washing in and hadn't folded it up. Like my house was a mess. And I don't live like that. So for me personally, this is how I knew I had to take steps to get back out of overwhelm. So I started a little bit every day. I just would sure that we cleaned up and got back into the routine that I used to be back into. You know, we put the dishes in the dishwasher when we'd finished and we just took simple steps like that. Now, for you, it might be coming home from dinner and, oh, sorry, coming home from work and just not able to cook dinner. So a consequence of your overwhelm is that you're eating a lot of takeaway and because of that, a consequence is that you're putting on weight and all of a sudden you feel unloved and you know you don't feel sexy anymore because all of a sudden you are completely out of hand and you might be eating chocolate and ice cream and this has got consequences so your first steps might be that on the weekend you need to cook food so that you can put it in the freezer or you have some way of addressing your calorie intake it could just be preventing the glass of wine, whatever it is, you need to pick and choose what those things are. But you need to start somewhere. You know, your overwhelm could be that you just simply can't get up and go to work. It could be you can't even face what's going on at work. But have you had a conversation with them? Have you let them know what's going on in your personal life? Are they aware that you're really struggling at the moment and you need help? Do your family know Are you able to tell them? And another part of overwhelm is when we have actually separated from our ex and we're in the workplace and we just can't deal with the questions. We just don't want people to ask us what is going on. And I remember when I was at work, I didn't take my wedding ring off for three months after we'd separated because I just did not, even though in my mind our marriage was over, I did not want people to ask me what was going on. I didn't want people to ask me out. I didn't want to be going out with friends or for people to feel sorry for me. So I chose to continue to wear my wedding ring until I was strong enough to tell them what was going on. And it could be the same thing for you. So as you can see, This is natural. This is something that you need to go through and it's something that we need to address. But if you're in this overwhelmed stage, 
Look around. What is most important to you that you can put little steps in place, just simple little things every day that could make a difference. So rather than sitting on the couch and watching the TV, could it be going for a walk? Putting your iPhone, some tunes on your iPhone and going for a walk just to get some fresh air and to know that life is still happening around you. The earth is still spinning. The seasons are still happening. And once you get over the overwhelm, then you can start addressing the exterior part of that. So the interior part is what's happening for you right now in your life. So how you feel and the simple things you can do for you. That doesn't mean your divorce or your separation. That just means your everyday life, what you're doing right now. And once you get control of that, then you can address what's happening in your separation or divorce you know, who you need to talk to, what that looks like, how you get controlled, how do you get a plan in place, all of those things. And then the next step, and in my philosophy of divorce, the next step or step three of the principles of divorce success is acceptance. Because we've moved from victim to overwhelm. And once we've moved from overwhelm, we move into acceptance. And once we get to acceptance, it's amazing how things start to change. So please, if you are in victim or overwhelm mode, know that you will move out of it. But you have to start somewhere and it could be so bad that you just think you can't go on. But I promise you, things will get better and they're starting to get better every day. Everyday life will improve. You just have to take simple little steps. And so next week, we're going to have a chat around acceptance and what you can do to move forward and be accepting of your situation. So this week, I want you to show yourself some some love Be kind to yourself. Know that everything's okay and nothing that you're going through or how you're feeling is abnormal. How you feel is how you feel. Someone once told me was, how do I know that red is red? How do you know that your color or your shade red is not different to my shade red? So if someone's telling you you need to get over this or you need to do whatever it is to move on, Don't worry about them. Just worry about yourself and do what it is that you need to do to get to where you need to go. That's it for this week. I love to help you get through this. If you've got any questions or would like to know more, we help our clients get through these stages, these first two, especially victim and overwhelm via a divorce roadmap. It's a really important key to understand where you are and have someone help you highlight these issues. So if you need any help with this, please don't hesitate to make contact. You can get me at tanya at tanyasummerton.com. You can follow me on Facebook or Instagram, or you can just go to our website, www.tanyasummerton.com and make contact there because I'd love to help you. So until next week, thanks for listening and we'll have a chat about acceptance when we next return. Bye for now.